Hi, how are you doing? Welcome to the Empathy Explorers podcast, the place where you'll find conversations with people that pursue their passion. They share the blueprint to their journey. Dive deeply into the habits and goals the fellow explorers share with us. So start packing and make sure you are ready for the journey. Hi, welcome to the sixth episode of the Empathy Explorers podcast. Today, I've got a special guest who uh, DM'd me to have a conversation. So we uh, meet it up on Zoom and here we are. Uh, can you give us a bit of an ancient introduction who you are? Hey, Rod. Uh, very nice to be here. Uh, yes, I am. I am Shpetim. Uh, I am a senior product designer uh, currently working with a company in Tokyo, Japan uh, as a uh, uh, remote employee, actually. Obviously, now everyone kind of is working remotely, but uh, uh, remote work was quite a big part of my career. So this this job is uh, also uh, a remote. The team is there, and I lead a small design team uh, in addition to uh, overseeing the a few different products uh, that uh, we are designing that would love to uh, to dive in later on. So yeah. Yeah, thank you for uh, stopping by, Shpetim. I'm really happy to, that we can have this conversation. Um, as you said, like remote work, it's um, almost everyone has to work remote, but you were doing that for quite a while already, I, uh, I noticed. Um, how did you uh, get the job at Givery and um, why did you pick remote work f- for that? Um, that's a, a very good question. Why did I pick? Um, for me, actually, it was not a, a option. Uh, it was more of a, a, a better career path uh, because uh, living in Kosovo um, uh, and working from here, uh, we still have some limitations because of visa and stuff. So uh, the idea of working remotely was just open, uh, very broad, uh, uh, just a broad perspective on work and how I what I could be able to do uh, with different products and companies. So uh, I guess I will go back to uh, to the uh, to your question. What I how I got the remote job at Givery now, but I will start just a little bit. I will talk about a, a little bit uh, the history of remote work and how I started. So obviously, I, uh, I mean, uh, I started working here in in, in office in in Kosovo, Pristina. Uh, I had a, a few jobs here. Uh, as, as we discussed, uh, agency jobs at the beginning. And then later on, I just learned that remote work is a possibility. This happened around 2012, 13. So that opened uh, a lot of possibilities for me. And uh, I worked with different companies, actually. Um, one, they had offices in San Francisco. And we, uh, we designed this uh, password manager uh, for teams. And I was uh, the lead product designer there and fully remote. We had a team here. We, we built actually a small team here in Kosovo. Um, uh, but we had a team in, in, in Bangor, India as well, and another one in, in United State, uh, States. So basically, we, uh, we, uh, we worked remotely, uh, like most of the time. And from there on, it was, uh, fully, uh, other roles were fully distributed and, uh, just, uh, uh, before the role I'm currently in, uh, I worked in a, in a company in Germany, Bielefeld. Uh, the team, uh, the company wasn't fully remote uh, and the team wasn't uh, distributed. They had offices there. Most of the team wa- was there actually. But um, uh, yeah, so they hired remote uh, uh, employees uh, if there was a good fit. So we tried for a few months and I worked there for almost four years. It, it was a blast. Uh, 
I learned so much in the job and uh, we designed this very niche product for QR codes. Uh, and we grew when I started, we had just less than 2 million users. Uh, and then when I left all, almost 9 million users. So being able to work on that product and redesign a few times and be uh, seeing that growth was uh, very, uh, I mean, was pretty much a, a, a highlight for me. Uh, so from there on, kind of, uh, then we, we, we come to this uh, current job. It was a weird time changing jobs, actually, in, in pandemic and everything. It wasn't as, uh, I mean, one would say it wouldn't be the best decision. But for me, I think it came that time that uh, I needed, I needed different challenges. I needed to do something different. And then uh, this giver company, uh, the people uh, that created this company, I worked with them actually five or six years ago in a small project and we just kept contacts. So the importance of keeping contacts. Uh, and uh, then just they, they reached out and uh, they are designing this very nice e-learning uh, platform. They work in ad tech. So with pandemic and everything going uh, online. So everyone learning online, uh, basically e-learning became a huge thing. And, and then in Japan as well, it's not just the, uh, Western culture, it basically everyone is influenced. And they have this product there and they want to redesign it uh, firstly for, for uh, people in Japan and uh, uh, later on going international. Uh, so they have uh, clients like uh, Namco Bandai and basically the platform is uh, uh, being uh, companies, uh, being able to test engineers, test their skills and uh, learn more. Uh, I mean, before hiring, learn more about different kind of skills that an engineer would have, so they would do the right hiring. So it's a very nice challenge, a problem we are trying to solve. Uh, I'm 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 working with uh, with a new redesign there, but also we have a few other products that are in that realm, basically in ad tech, do different things. So I kind of oversee those a bit. A few designers there that uh, uh, are more junior, but. Uh, I, I'm having, uh, I'm learning lots uh, uh, working with them uh, because also the culture is a bit different in Japan. So I, I'm learning a lot actually on the job. So yeah, it, it's quite exciting. It's quite a big list uh, you're, you're stating there. Uh, oh yeah. yeah Sorry. <laughs> what I wanted to dive deeper into is like, how do you get all these different uh, jobs in all these different countries? What did you do to find those or did they find you or how did that happen? Because you're, you're moving uh, like from, from America to Germany, to Japan, to uh, <laughs> like all over the world. Uh, but most of the time still working remote, but with the teams from there. So how did that happen? Is it because of your, uh, um, the things that you share online or how do they find uh, you? Yeah, that's that's a very interesting point. Uh, it, it's not that I don't think about that actually from time to time. Uh, the first thing, uh, I mean, uh, I think about that because it's something that we don't have, uh, we shouldn't take for granted. Uh, uh, the idea of uh, being able to work with a company on the other side of the world, being being paid and learning and just growing. So, yeah, that's uh, that's something to think about for sure. But how do I find those? It's basically a combination of uh, connecting, contacts, reaching out, but also sharing. Uh, I, three of those jobs came from Dribble, and, and these are not just freelance or contract jobs, uh, let's be clear. These are jobs that I worked uh, kind of uh, long-term, but from Dribble. I, was, I used to share some work from other companies, what I was doing. Uh, this is something that I encourage a lot of designers that I mentor as well. 
to do because you never know from uh, where, where where the next client or next job will come. And uh, it's it's very it's 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 paramount to understand the importance of sharing online, especially at this day and age, because it's our our online persona basically will hire us uh, or will be the next um, reason that someone will hire you. So uh, that is that is very important to take in mind. And for me, um, I mean. Uh, the, the lucky thing was that I started working with this company in the United States. And then from there on, I would, basically every designer has this growth mindset. Uh, but I, I always wanted to, to dive deeper. Okay, uh, people are working in the US and they are working in other countries. And how are they doing that? So basically, just diving deeper and, re- and reading and talking to other people, listening to podcasts, something that you said you, you, you already did. Uh, the idea of just uh, trying to learn from different experiences. I mean... I would call them unofficial mentors. I listen, for example, there are designers that uh, I listen a lot and I know a lot about their life from social media, Twitter and the podcast, uh, and they don't know that I exist, but I learned a lot. I learned a lot how to approach different things. So yeah, that kind of uh, opened, uh, again, different the different uh, ways of, of treating work, especially remote work. So uh, actually, I, I would say 50-50 was, so some companies reached out uh, because of my work uh, some companies from from contacts and uh, to some of them I reached out as well personally. Like for example, I, I did uh, to you. So that's that's very important as well. Uh, being uh, I mean just being conscious uh, of um, yeah of of how or what a uh, just a message, a short message, a, a message that comes just personally from your heart. That okay, I love your work. I would love to to know more what you're doing at this company and can we talk and uh, things like that. So yeah. Yeah, and as you stated, what I find really interesting is that you uh, you are not just doing a, a gig for like uh, a logo for a brand, or you're you're really yeah. uh, hired by those uh, those companies from all over the world, and uh, I feel like that takes it a step further. Even it's it's not just a one time commitment; it's a longer time commitment for uh, an agency and. Exactly. Uh, I, I can imagine for you, it also has to uh, do a lot with like uh, tax things you have to solve for uh, for in, in your country and how the mm-hmm. contracts work in other countries. Um, that can also be different, I, I think. So it, it's quite a challenge for you as well to, to even step it up in that game and not, not just doing a logo for something, but committing for a year, a few years, maybe, maybe, maybe even more. Yes, uh, that is actually a very, very few good points you mentioned there, because uh, while remote work uh, gives us flexibility and it enables us to, to do things, uh, to be more with our family, to do things that we wouldn't do otherwise, we wouldn't be able to do. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I never would have dreamed that I could work with a company in Montreal or, or in Tokyo, uh, just like maybe 10 years ago. So, um, yeah, that enables uh, us to do a lot of work, but it comes with different challenges as well. So uh, being very disciplined is one of those uh, that goes with your uh, work, uh, how you manage time uh, and being disciplined with your finances, taxes and everything. I mean, those things uh, all come. uh, You have to be uh, considerate and how you treat those, because, I mean, uh, you don't uh, working remotely is basically uh, some some company giving you money and trusting you that you will do your work. 
And this, uh, of course, you have to uh, be able to meet that trust in order to continue that long-term long uh, collaboration. So I think uh, on this regard, also remote work has lots to do, uh, lots of regu regulations. It's quite early, I would say quite, it's not mature enough uh, because now with pandemic is starting, conversations are starting to happen. Uh, there are companies, uh, some of some automatic, um, uh, there are some companies uh, like that that hire uh, fully distributed and fully remote. It doesn't matter where you are. They can hire you and you will be paid basically like someone that is paid in San Francisco or just uh, in Berlin or whatever. Uh, so uh, those are, there are very few companies. There are very few companies that, that do that. And I'm hoping, I think I always say, I mean, I'm not always, but this year I'm saying this. I hope the silver lining of, of all this uh, crazy time and this pandemic is that uh, uh, companies will start uh, to work more on that direction. So when they hire remotely, you will feel like you're a part of the team, not just somebody that uh, they don't treat very nicely. You do work, as you said, you do a log or something from for them, and then uh, they kind of you move to another thing. Uh, I, I believe. I mean, there there is that kind of work. Uh, but I believe that if you want, especially in product where you have to go very deep and, and solve complex problems, you have to be more engaged with the team, with the product, with the culture in order to be able to design good products or at least solve problems that, uh, that you're trying to. I mean, it's, it's, you can take a freelance job, you can do something, you can finish, put a stop on it, uh, send hand over to developers and be done with it. That's another way that a lot of people work, but it's not the same uh, as being engaged in more long term. So, yeah. What, uh, what I find interesting from that is, as you said, like cultures are really different, um, especially I think with uh, the Japanese country that you're working for at the moment. Do you feel like you've also gained uh, new insights on maybe how uh, uh, the culture in Kosovo is different from uh, Japan and how, how you can use that to your advantage? Um, yeah, actually, this is something uh, I think a lot. I was quite fascinated with uh, uh, Japan culture or just the Asian culture in general. Uh, I think essentially because they are quite different from what we're used to. Uh, but on the other hand, Kosovo is also quite different, let's say, from, from Western, just coming to Germany or Netherlands. Uh, it's different because Kosovo, it's, it was in a war just 20 years ago. Uh, and we, it's quite behind in a lot of things. But of course, we were able to travel a bit and learn more uh, about different cultures. We were lucky in that regard. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, on the other hand, uh, culture in Japan on this case is, is quite different. And I'm fascinated, especially how they treat design. I think something I noticed, because uh, I, I read a lot about that as well, and it's quite... Uh, uh, what we think is good design is totally different uh, on their culture. Uh, but I think, I think the globalization of everything and the uh, uh, idea that the internet is one here, this huge uh, world and huge place is trying, it's not trying, but it's aligning things actually. I, I noticed this a bit in design because just let's say five years ago, they wouldn't, I mean, they wouldn't want to see something, uh, uh, my design, for example, my style of design, it wouldn't work with, with, with the, uh, in that culture. Of course, this is uh, a bit uh, being more specific. Uh, did you, did you uh, change your uh, design style for the company, for instance, to... Uh, no, to actually, that's... That yeah, uh, that's the interesting part because I didn't and uh, they still reached out uh, because now it means that 
even though they want to go international, it means also that the the the, uh, the culture in Japan and companies in Japan are treating design a bit differently. So it means that it's kind of aligning or converging to, towards. I will, I'm not saying the same. It will never be the same design language, but. It's kind of a lot of things that make sense then in our, in our in our culture could make sense there and vice versa. So that's something that's interesting to watch. Uh, it could be in a couple in, in upcoming years. Uh, very interesting to see that. But yeah, also now we are we are in the middle of redesigning uh, the product and uh, we'll be basically launching an MVP on March. And I am very very looking forward to that to 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 test and to see how users react. We are already starting doing some user testing. Uh, creating user stories from the clients we have. And I'm actually seeing and learning uh, things that uh, I, I um, uh, at some point I would have thought that, yeah, no, that doesn't work there. But it, it's, it's, it's proving me wrong and I'm glad because, yeah, a lot of things kind of are working. If it's designed uh, nice, properly, if everything is clear and concise. Uh, so basically a lot of design fundamentals, visual, uh, let's say, I mean, in UI design, are working on, 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 on there as well. So yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Do you uh, feel like uh, the language barrier is a problem for you? <laughs> yes, uh, it's a bit uh, because um, uh, uh, the company, it's not usually the companies I worked on even though they were in Germany and other countries, uh, usually the official language was English. So it was uh, easier. But here in the current company, it's, uh, it's not English. My, my manager and the developer and designers that I work more closely uh, speak English. But when I uh, usually my uh, my habit is uh, when I start working, I check uh, Slack because they are eight hours before me uh, in time zone. And uh, they kind of finish the, the their schedule at 5 p.m. And I just start at 8 p.m. here or something like that, at 8 a.m., sorry. So um, I start looking at, at Slack and it's just, nothing that I understand pretty much. So it's, it's weird. At, at the beginning, it was way uh, weirder, but I, I got used to that. I have always my Google Chrome, uh, uh, my uh, Google Translate here open and kind of things that I, I would like to know. But um, we have all these groups and departments because, uh, for example, the design and development and something that I'm working specifically, those are more English, so that, that's good. Okay, yeah, I can um, uh, really understand that it, it's pretty hard to do uh, testing for Japanese uh, clients or potential clients when you're not even not speaking Japanese. I assume. Yeah. I, um, uh, maybe you've uh, learned some things already. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, naturally. <laughs> I, I can understand that it's really hard. And then the culture differences. I feel like uh, Japan is in that sense, a really Western country somehow. If you look at Asia, they're really Western, but they're on a totally different level. Uh, yeah. Like They can pretty much all understand English. And in Asia, that's not always the case. But it's such a different culture there. I don't know, just that island has really uh, incredible traditions um, going throughout the whole, uh, from the government, to the to the civilians uh, mm. below that that's really interesting i re if i look at asia that's the number one country i really want to visit sometime yeah 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 i mean it's it's i i think yeah that's true and it's it's very uh fascinating uh 
basically what uh, I think um, uh, usually the, the design language is uh, everything is more in the face. They want to be more transparent. Uh, uh, and with everything, basically, uh, even even uh, uh, if you walk in uh, throughout the street, you have all these signs, and they they don't mind. It's it's uh, cognitively overloading to see every light and uh, every sign, but for them, it's totally alright. And uh, then that that translates into web design and app design. Uh, they don't mind uh, showing everything. We have a different culture or different approach in in designing because we. Uh, Okay, let's hide. Let's make it. Let's make it more clean and minimalistic and whatever. Uh, but usually, uh, sometimes uh, for them, it's even offensive if you if you hide uh, uh, things. And there was uh, this thing I learned from a. Uh, 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 we had this workshop, a behavioral uh, design workshop, and um, uh, the the speaker uh, uh, mentioned that uh, something fascinating about uh, uh, Japanese culture is that. Um, or Asian culture in that sense, um, they, so uh, we have these, uh, these flows where we separate steps. Um, I forgot the word now, but basically if there is a long form or whatever we design that is more overwhelming or daunting, uh, uh, we, we separate it in steps to make it easier to comprehend or to, to fill up the steps so it's not uh, cognitively overloading uh, at that point. Uh, and there, it doesn't actually work because they like to see everything there. And uh, they actually, uh, it was uh, at some point, uh, she said that it was offensive for them. Uh, so yeah, that, that was an interesting thing. And I'm, I'm hoping I can test uh, something like that. I'm trying to avoid hiding things, but yeah. Yeah, I, I've, uh, I've worked uh, uh, at an, a game review agency and we okay. um uh, i did an internship there and they always went to the tokyo game show uh that, mm -hmm. that's a large game show in, in tokyo every year and uh, we always had to edit the video footage so they they would come back with the video footage and i was flabbergasted on how some things are totally different there like uh for instance um there, there was a point where someone uh bumped into a japanese person with a, a briefcase and the briefcase fell open on the floor and he immediately wanted to help him so he packed like all the things that fell out of his briefcase and he mm -hmm. felt he felt so ashamed by it because there there are like different uh things that that you just don't do in front of other people because you ashame mm -hmm. the person that is doing that so by helping him you are actually uh, shaming him in front of all the other people because he just needs to step up for himself and uh, pick up his own stuff because he needs to show that he's uh, uh, a proud Japanese or something I, I don't know what the, the, the truth behind that is but I found mm -hmm. that so fascinating you, you know there, there's really a different uh, hierarchy in uh, what they find important and um, and working for them yeah yeah that, that's very true yeah that's definitely fascinating and i am i am love, loving learning more about that uh, daily and hopefully hopefully in the near future we'll be able to visit there but yeah with a with a pandemic uh, not we have to wait very soon yeah, yeah we have to wait um I wanted to ask you this. Uh, this may maybe a bit of a personal question, but because 
um, with COVID, I actually worked at the agency always at the office, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, uh, if you had to uh, like wait for something at home or your car was broken down or something, you could, you could work at home. Uh, but with COVID, uh, of course, we had to work at home uh, regularly because we can all, mm-hmm. always be at the office. Um, and one of the first things that I noticed was a productivity problem. Um, I know, uh, as we talked about earlier, that you work from home a lot longer, uh, multiple years already. Um, what is your opinion about uh, uh, productivity and uh, remote work? And how do you solve that for yourself? Um yeah, I mean that's that's a uh, that's a very good question, and also another one that uh, it takes constant, uh, deliberate uh, trying to to be able to to achieve that. Of course, we, with years to, to to achieve the productivity, one wants. Uh, uh, it take. I mean, uh, for me, it took years to to uh, get the discipline and to understand myself and how what works for me. And I think this is pretty much with everyone that I talked and worked with. Uh, especially this year, because it was a huge change in, in working and uh, just seeing different people, uh, how they work and how they transition from. It was actually an example with, with, our, uh, with our office, uh, with, with my prior job in office, because most people worked in office and then transitioning immediately like this jump from in office in that social environment where you talk with people and you have that uh the, the community that communication that one needs uh daily i mean i say needs because uh, talking from a evolutionary perspective we as human beings we grew with these uh small uh tribes hunter gatherers and then uh, we are uh, we we crave that uh social uh uh we basically we are yeah yes exactly so um uh, that's definitely hard for everyone, and uh, I think every 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 everyone that managed people on or uh, did collaborate with people uh, should understand that that this was a uh, basically unpredictable time. So of course, it's for me it was more uh, the the path coming to remote work was uh, a different path. So it was easier because I tried things. Uh, the first company I mentioned, I started working remotely. And I saw that I felt very isolated and kind of I didn't feel productive. So I got another part-time job in office just for the sake of breaking. Uh, just kind of uh, because I, I saw that it was too much immediately jumping from in office to, to uh, just working by myself. So uh, it, took, it took years. It was more a transitional, a slower transition for me. So it was easier. And now with the pandemic is different, but kind of talking with different people, I understood that uh, one thing is for sure that... Uh, no one is as productive productive daily as uh, we uh, we like to, to seem that we are or we uh, pretend that we are. Uh, just taking in consideration uh, our brains and uh, how how for example how we work. Our, our work is a lot uh, uh, cognitively demanding. What we do basically uh, coming up with solutions, working a log or designing a product or a feature. You basically your brain will work a lot. So it's not it's not physical work per se, but it's it's a limit amount of time that it will have the power to work daily. So whoever says that it's productive or does work more than six hours per day, I mean, it might be harsh, but I think they're lying. So uh, if I see people or if I am a few hours per day productive, then uh, that's a very good thing. Um, but also, uh, I mean, um, 
for me, another thing that worked was changing uh, uh, paces a bit because uh, with mentoring, actually, uh, uh, with career founders that I work as a mentor, I have a, a few students and uh, being able to, to work and do uh, like deep work and uh, come up with solutions and design and then changing paces uh, the next day or later that day to actually talk with people and converse. That helped a lot. So this is something that uh, I suggest to people. Uh, just doing, uh, working a bit, doing other stuff, playing a game, going outside, talking with a friend or whatever, or just staying, like doing nothing that's also, that also works. Uh, so it's, it's that change of pace that, that we need in order to be uh, productive. And we, we should be careful to uh, try and keep ourselves accountable daily. Like you, you wasn't productive today and I failed and I, I suck at this and I, I can't do this and I am a failure. So that, I mean, at the end of the day, everyone uh, experiences that maybe not daily, but at some uh, weekly basis or monthly basis, you have some days that you're more productive. You, are, you have other days that you're not. And I think you should be okay. You should uh, be okay with that, with yourself not being productive daily. Uh, uh, one thing, the other thing is that, okay, sometimes you have more um, demanding tasks. So you need to come up with solutions. So, okay, you save, okay, you need that uh, one day to do that work. But other days you might have just more technical work, doing something, just changing places or maybe refining a bit your design system, whatever you're working. So I think that uh, that helps a lot. Just the idea of changing paces, not always trying to be productive or being on the flow because it doesn't work like that. We have limitations, unfortunately. I think you're really good at summarizing that into uh, actually how you how you structure your week. And what I uh, what I picked up from that is that the part where, where you say, uh, like, don't see yourself as a fail failure if you fail one day, because there will be a next day where you could just, yes. if, if you're productive then, then you can maybe fix it all together. Um, and is that deadline really a deadline? Like, are they going to kill you if you uh, are not finishing yeah. it by that day? Or can you just say, if I, is, is it okay if I send it Monday or, or something like that? And one thing, um, I, I recently listened to a podcast from Tim Ferriss. Uh, he did one mm -hmm. with uh, Jerry Seinfeld uh, from the uh, TV series Seinfeld. And his daughter mm -hmm. uh, wants to be a writer. And she said to him, uh, I'm going to write 10 hours a day. And it, it, he said to his daughter, try one hour a day because Shakespeare did they also did not write 10 hours a day. You You need to be one hour productive and that, that's even mm -hmm. better than trying to uh, trying to write for 10 hours and just uh, moaning through your head with like different uh, different thoughts and not writing anything down so mm -hmm. that's yeah that's very very nice uh, um, I mean uh, it is very nicely put because I think that's that's uh, very realistic, actually. If you think about uh, habit changing or behavior change uh, from a human, uh, uh, I mean, just uh, from a human perspective, it, it means that uh, it never happens. You can't change a habit like just like that today, not being not doing anything, and to, tomorrow writing ten hours per day. That's very unrealistic. And if you set those unrealistic goals for yourself. I think uh, uh, you will basically uh, end up failing and then it will be very hard. It's better to start like one hour and 10 minutes per day. And if you start to build that habit, this is uh, 
uh, it's called like, uh, it's a book. I mean, there are a few books on this regard written, but also in design, it's implemented in some way or another. So uh, pushing users or incentivizing users to do little things. So they kind of build up to this using the product daily. Uh, or for example, uh, habits. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, for me, I think uh, uh, understanding that early on, uh, of course, uh, until I understood a lot of that, I failed a lot. So, for example, one one example that I take always is uh, going to the to the gym. So, uh, it takes small habits. You can't just say that from next year, new resolutions, I will go to the gym because our our we don't work like that as human beings. Uh, it's better to start. Okay. Tonight, I will get my shoes and everything I will get. I don't want to get to the gym. I will get those ready. So that's a small step because basically if you kind of understand how our brain works or the system one and system two thinking. So if you read the Daniel Kahneman and I think there are listeners out there that read that uh, this great psychologist. So um, you basically are saying uh, if you're saying that uh, tomorrow I will go to the gym is is what if uh, your one brain of you is is saying that of, of yours is saying. But when you uh, wake up tomorrow, uh, basically the other brain will say, okay, just let's uh, sleep and you will go tomorrow. But if you start with small things, you will get uh, things ready. Um, uh, you, you, you won't have so many reasons because uh, every, every your other brain just tries to find the reason not to go, oh, you didn't get your shoes ready or you didn't get that ready. So let's sleep today. So if you get small things ready or done, you will be able to build up on that down the road. It will be like a very... Um, uh, I mean, it will be a habit, a, a, let's say, in career or work or writing or reading or whatever. Also, reading is something like that. Uh, I see a lot of people fail to read a book in a year because they say that, okay, next year I'm going to read 10, bo- 10 books or something like that. Start with a page, start with an article, and then gradually build up from there. And this is something I was, actually I recommend a lot to students uh, uh, in Career Foundry. It's uh, because... Uh, I mean, uh, the students that come in Career Foundry are uh, from different industries, and that's quite fascinating for me. We can talk about that later. But um, something, I mean, it, uh, coming from different industries, uh, sometimes it might mean that uh, they are not, uh, design requires different thinking. Uh, I mean, of course, the growth mindset, but also being able or doing a little each day, listening to a podcast, learning something, starting just the idea of building that vocabulary, and of course, watching to uh, lots of good work out there design being able to build up that uh the taste i mean that takes uh time so starting with small things i think uh, can do miracles down the road i mean i not i think i believe actually so yeah if, if you have some uh recommendations for like the that psychology and such please let me know because i love to uh, to read up on that more uh, I, I feel like you, yeah. you have a lot of knowledge about that um you you also did a study on that uh, i've I, yeah i saw or yeah that's true i, I actually uh, i will uh, i would love uh, to to get back to you and send you the, lots of resources on that uh, uh, actually one of the um, things that uh, got more got me fascinated more about ui design specifically of course design in general uh, product design but also ui design is uh, coming from a cognitive psychology perspective i studied uh, I, I can say I studied psychology. I read about a lot about of, uh, psychology, human psychology, and behavioral psychology, and uh, economics, and so on. But the uh, cognitive psychology is this very small part of psychology that deals with how we perceive things and how our memory works and how what uh, the, how we use how we can use UI basically to to 
get user attention and so on and so forth. It's very fascinating for me. And I think I'm just scratching the surface, even though I read a lot. But uh, this year, kind of, um, I started, uh, I, I finished that part in Berkeley, actually, uh, online, which was very, very good because I wouldn't be able to go to Berkeley. But they have this nice course, one-year course that I could finish. So it was, yeah, it was uh, very uh, interesting, to say the least. Would you uh, recommend that for someone that's uh, been in design a few, uh, a few years, um, got the basics down? Um, I'm asking for a friend. No, I'm actually, <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, you know, um, I'm really interested in that. And I really love to learn more about how like the human psychology works and how we can use that in our digital products. I, I read some books about it. One I really love is uh, uh, hundred things every designer should know about yes. people, yeah. that book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By um, also a psychologist researcher, I feel like Susan mm-hmm. Weinschenk or something. Um, that one was really helpful for me because it was snappy and it was like, um, just with with one example and uh, i don't need to read a whole book about one uh specific thing but they mm. uh, show you other things and you can dive deeper into that if you want to yeah uh actually uh, that was one uh, that was a very good book and, and a book i recommend a lot uh because of that reason that you said actually it has everything uh broken down to least chunks uh so um, yeah, actually, the the, the writer uh, uh, she was uh, the the one that got that workshop behavioral designing for behavioral change. Okay. Um, nice, Susan. Yeah, Susan was was her name. Uh, she's great, actually. And uh, um, yeah, I, I think uh, combining uh, combining psychology, of course, psychology uh, it's uh, it's quite broad and uh, depending uh, what do you want to learn. But I think just the general knowledge of uh about human beings because essentially we design things we design products for for people so if you understand how people i mean definitely you can't understand everything but if you understand from a uh evolutionary from a psychological perspective how people think and how they work and how how our behavior changes with with uh with time and with uh environments then you will be able to be to design better for sure. I think this this helped me a lot in my my design design career and journey. Uh, of course, uh, it's not. I mean, every time that you can uh, take a kind of uh, uh, learn something in psychology and implement it in UI or whatever, but there are lots of things that you can take in consideration. For example, just the idea of okay, if you want to uh, to uh, people to remember to remember something. Uh, on a list, you either put at the beginning or at the end because uh, our brains work like that. They they uh, they remember things in these chunks. So either beginning and the end tend to 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 be recalled easier than things in the middle. So these things, these small details. I mean, that's just one thing, but there are lots of these tidbits and knowledge that one can learn. But at the end of the day, uh, learning about psychology, learning learning about human behavior, it it will make you uh, not, maybe even. Uh, uh, it will make you a better human being, uh, a better person uh, uh, overall, not just a better designer. There was uh, that, that last thing that you said about uh, how we remember uh, things from a large chunk of information. I actually implemented that in my, uh, I did a uh, UX uh, basics 
lesson for our clients at our agency. And the fun thing mm. was uh, at around uh, 30 to 40 minutes, I had a slide where it said like, okay, you're not going to remember the last five minutes that I said and the, the next five minutes because it's we're not at the end at the moment. Um, <laughs> and and they, they found that quite funny. And actually they remembered it better because I reminded them of the 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 thing they were um cognitively were going to do so yeah yeah it was funny yeah that's yeah that's funny but also fascinating so yeah yeah it's thanks awesome. for sharing that um yeah i wanted to dive a bit deeper um into your uh uh your way into mentorships uh, you also talked okay. about uh, a bit about that as well. Uh, you're currently currently a mentor at Career Foundry. Mm -hmm. um, how did you become a mentor there? Um, yeah. So um, uh, if if I if I wanted to answer that question, I, I might need to go a little bit back in my career. Uh, but I think that's an interesting sh uh, story to share. Uh, my, my personal uh, circle knows this, but uh, also I share this uh, sometimes with students, but um, actually mentorship came quite naturally uh, for me. It's not one day I decided to be a mentor at Career Foundry. It usually doesn't work like that. So, uh, of course, with jobs, uh, I was able, uh, with, from the first job I had, I was able to I, I, I saw I saw myself uh, being a more uh, trying to be more helpful to others, not just being helpful, but in a in a sense being a mentor. Um, I learned a lot from that personally, but I knew that I did something. I, I taught something, uh, uh, some someone something. Uh, so how I came how it came to that is uh, going back to my uh, prior life. Uh, I actually was a, a professional volleyball player, so. Uh, uh, I guess uh, I learned later on that this helped me a lot in terms of uh, with the with soft skills of being a mentor because there I, I was I was a professional volleyball player for about three years and uh, I was the captain of a team and being able to collaborate and talk with others and others and teach others different things so uh, those skills uh, transition a lot into my actual design work when I started. Of course, at the beginning, it, was, it wasn't it was as pronounced because I, I needed to learn myself. So I didn't have that, uh, I didn't, it wasn't quite possible to, to teach others, but I think with time uh, that, that came more naturally and I saw myself that, okay, uh, I can do that. And I think that would help me uh, learn uh, new things and basically teaching others, you learn a lot yourself. And then just uh, last year, with Career Foundry, I actually just thought, okay, what if I try to do this professionally and uh, kind of talk with them? And uh, just a year after, I'm 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 enjoying it very much. As I said, it's 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 a change of pace. I don't have to design, but just getting to know other other people that are changing. Most most of my students are changing industries, and that's fascinating for me. Uh, I actually uh, on your last uh, podcast, last episode, uh, I I heard Doug talk about this how different people are coming into design from different industries. This having this diverse uh, 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 population coming into design or diverse industries, that's very important. And that's fascinating because uh, design, I think, could benefit a lot from that. Uh, we, uh, it, at one point, design was quite siloed and biased in just uh, every designer would finish a communication art or design and then bring to the table the same set of skills. 
So um, uh, later on, it did turn out to be not so uh, not so great idea actually. But now uh, I think it is it's being more diverse and is diverging in that. Uh, I guess just from my students, pretty much I, I would say eighty percent of them are coming. Let's say from fashion, from uh, architecture, from uh, just all these different industries that I think uh, just learning from them. Also in jobs, actually, I saw this, but. From students, I my maybe I things are more fresh now. Um, bringing different skills, different perspectives, how they solve problem, how, how they approach problem, how they approach problems. So, yeah, it's it's quite fascinating uh, uh, for me that. But also, um, I mean, uh, I guess for for design in general for our industry, uh, this will help uh, bring design more uh, into a position that is more mature, more diverse. Uh, uh, in terms of industries, and I think a lot of uh, people are bringing empathy with themselves from different industries because, yeah, uh, design again was quite solo and quite in the bubble uh, for for last few years. But now I think it's getting better in that regard because not all of this from uh, not more uh, not all of this from from other industries, but I think it it is playing a part, a huge part. Yeah, if I uh, look at myself and where I find my uh, inspiration, I always look at other interest, industries as well. For instance, like yeah. uh, uh, the car industry or something, or um, mm -hmm. sports. Uh, it's uh, you can learn so much from that and get inspiration for how you can solve uh, a problem for like a group or something. Then you can look at how, how do uh, football teams do that or how do volleyball teams do that and. Uh, what is the the hierarchy and the structure and um, find inspiration from from other uh, totally different but the same in a, in a sense you know and uh, I feel like that's a great addition for people like that coming into design as well because we can learn maybe even more from them than they can even learn from us I feel like um, yeah yeah that's a, that's a nice way of putting it yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, that, that is quite true. Of course, uh, there are uh, fundamentals of design, hierarchy, uh, composition, uh, because that's something I teach in UI, uh, in Career Foundry, uh, even though I teach uh, the whole, uh, quite the whole spectrum. So you UX and UI, uh, UI I'm more focused in UI design. And uh, yeah, teaching others these, uh, the hierarchy and uh, about typography and uh, how elements and uh, laid, uh, uh, laid out together interface, make an interface good or bad and what things work and doesn't. Uh, these, uh, these are all, all nice things that can be learned, but it's a very limited, uh, um, how to put it? It's a uh, limited spectrum of what can be done, uh, of a, a limited spectrum of knowledge. So yeah, definitely that's, that's um, I think they are bringing more more to design. And if you uh, look at like, uh, for instance, someone that comes from architecture, um, you, they can see the patterns that we use as designers uh, really clearly. Exactly. They, uh, they've got like a similar uh, style of w work, but they're, um, yeah, th that's just for inter infrastructure, but they can see how we use that quite similarly to, to our uh, web designs or something. Yes, yeah, so that is very true, actually. I have a few students that come from architecture and the way of thinking, how they think about every decision on their design process and their thought process actually uh, come, uh, starting a flow here and ending there. They take in consideration all these points uh, like it, it, they would uh, 
they were like a, a senior designer, not the senior, but basically a professional because uh, uh, they, uh, in architecture as well, you have to think about a lot of uh, uh, things that will influence, uh, let's say the, the building or something. So you have to be very careful and conscious of what you're doing with your decisions. So yeah, thinking on, on these flows, zooming out, seeing the bigger picture, but then zooming in and being able to design these small rooms or these small details in UI design. That's, I think, a very nice metaphor, but it is very true, actually, because uh, essentially, I think a good uh, UI and UX designer or product designer, for that matter, is that they are able to zoom out and see, see the whole uh, flow and user journey. Uh, and then um, uh, they, uh, they are able as well to zoom in and work on these small and uh, isolated uh, problems, uh, for example, the interface layout and whatever. Uh, but yeah, they don't miss the bigger picture. That's the important part because designing just in, so in silo and not seeing, not seeing the bigger picture tends to, to yield uh, not so, so great results uh, at the end, so yeah. If you look at uh, the, the time you're being a mentor now, um, what would you uh, say is the biggest learning that you, you've, you've got from that? Hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's a nice question. Uh, something that I may not have uh, uh, the answer for myself uh, as well uh, yet. Uh, I'm learning lots of new things. I'm I'm learning uh, not to take uh, things for uh, for for granted. I'm learning. I'm, I mean, I know how awesome. hard it is to get. Uh, basically, being uh, it's design is essentially hard. Uh, it's uh, we forget how hard it is to be able uh, to come to that point that you 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 can design a product from end to end and uh, you're able to you you building that taste because. Uh, a lot of times uh, building the taste, but also skills. A lot of time taste can be built by looking at things and you have this taste, uh, you have this aesthetic, but the, uh, the skills can't follow up. Uh, I mean, it takes years, it takes doing work. So uh, just uh, learning from other people in that regard, uh, I think uh, I'm learning not to take things for, for, for granted, uh, but also lots of other tidbits uh, just from other industries. Uh, my students are great and share a lot. So. Uh, yeah, um, just uh, the idea of, um, I guess, not, not just thinking. Well, I think one of the, 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 uh, the most important things is uh, the collaboration between seniors and being able to lead and, and juniors. Because I also had a lot of this experience uh, with my current company and other companies, uh, being able to work with juniors and vice versa. And I learned a lot there to, to being more, to having more empathy, uh, to understanding that it is hard. Uh, it is fundamentally hard to, to be able to design something uh, nicely that works and looks good. Uh, so we, uh, that's, that's something that uh, I learned. Uh, uh, just the, the idea of uh, uh, how, um, uh, how important is actually our position uh, if, if you're leading a small team or a big team or one designer for, for that matter, how important uh, your position can be. So I'm learning that from career founder and from mentoring others as well, but it can easily translate to, to a company. Uh, maybe you're managing someone. So you have essentially a responsibility. Uh, so basically whatever you share, whatever you teach others, it's, uh, is something that can define their career path or journey. It happened to me. I remember this very clearly, and I'm, I, I try to be very conscious and self-aware that um, 
I mean, of course, I don't have all the answers. That that's far from it. But whatever I feel that worked for me and works for others, I try to share so uh, it could help others on that journey. So yeah. Great answer. Um, one key thing that I want to take away from that is, uh, as you said, you can learn a lot of things from how someone tackles the problem uh, if they are a junior, because we tend to have a certain pattern. As you get, get older, uh, get more advanced in your career, you, you've uh, practiced a lot and you've, you've gained a certain uh, route for yourself with every project mm -hmm. and you, you tackle the problems in your way, um, you handle them with your questions. And they, and for instance, we've got one intern every uh, six months, and mm -hmm. they tackle problems a lot differently, and they ask questions that we didn't even uh, think about. And I, I really, really like that way of um, reviewing what are we actually making, and are we still on the right path, and are we looking at the right things at that time. For instance, the, the, the first project that we always uh, give them is uh, we give them the same project as we are working on, but they mm -hmm. have the full control on what they want to do with it. Uh, we're That's not going nice. to, to send uh, that to the client, but we want to see like how are they solving the, the problems their way. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, we can then see where can we improve um, mm -hmm what does he need to step up uh but what can we learn from him, from him or her as well and uh, i think that's super powerful to 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 have in your company or as a as a mentor for even um yes you're learning so much from them as well uh but they don't see that <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that's that's true actually yeah yeah it, it's unfortunate because a lot of companies uh aren't we aren't hiring uh juniors uh, but it's unfortunate because I think hiring more juniors and the new people that come in, in the industry with new perspectives and, and new uh, problem-solving approaches uh, definitely ultimately helps everyone in the design industry and especially designing products. Because, yeah, as you said, um, uh, being more senior, uh, you, you specialize in one thing and then you uh, sometimes, a lot of times you, you tend to, to have this uh, uh, just one way of thinking or solving problems, but uh, coming with, with uh, a, uh, a juniors, especially having a fresh perspective on things, they explore directions that you otherwise uh, wouldn't explore because you might you might think that, okay, that doesn't work or that that's uh, not something that is worth exploring. But actually the, all, uh, the essence of exploring, uh, the exploring phase of design is that going broad, diverging, uh, uh, trying to solve the problem or tackle the problem from different perspectives so that uh, down the road you can converge and come up with, uh, with a nice solution for a particular problem. So, yeah. For sure. If, you, if we uh, look at uh, exploring, I, uh, I've got some uh, quotes from your uh, about page on your portfolio website. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to quote it. Uh, Being passionate about many things has helped me immensely. The creative process is mostly output. That is, most of the time, we create things from the hypothetical. Mm -hmm. So having many hobbies is a source of inspiration or output for me. Um, I saw you've got a lot of different uh, platforms that you're sharing your work on. Uh, Unsplash, you're sharing your photos. Uh, I recently yeah, started doing that as well. So uh, Yeah, I love uh, those. I saw those on, 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 on Twitter. I love those. Thanks, man. And I really loved your images as well. Uh, are you updating them regularly or? 
Um, yeah, um, so uh, Unsplash, yes, Unsplash is for me just, uh, it was just to, to have a, a place that I share uh, high quality photos, photos for myself and shots uh, on my journeys. But then it turned out to be that, okay, I got 1 million views and okay, it's people are, are liking that. And that's uh, something that pushed me to, to post more. Uh, I'm not posting as much as I would like. And uh, now with, with this year, it, it was basically a boring. I mean, I still posted some things, but yeah, obviously I would have loved to post more there. But yeah, the, that, that uh, being passionate uh, about many things is, is something that it st stays true to this day. And I, I believe one of the most important part in this uh, on a designer's journey, because uh, again, uh, just quoting that the idea of uh, whatever we design, we have to output. We have to basically come up with solutions based on different learning sources. So being able to, to have this uh, input, either traveling or talking with other people or watching a movie or a game, being able to, to gather, to absorb uh, different things, ultimately will help you to, to uh, output better results. Uh, a lot of times, consciously, you don't understand that, but uh, the, the the interesting and fascinating thing is that our brain has the other part, the unconscious, that works a lot, and while we don't know, so that's uh, that's something that when you understand uh, from a, I guess, from a scientific and psychological perspective, is that okay, uh, you might not understand it now, but it will help. Also, I think this helped me with uh, not because I had friends and I, I hear uh, cases. Uh, not daily, but it's just even before pandemic, the burnout, you know, how, how, how true that is and how scary that is. And I had friends that experienced that and it's quite scary. And for me, it was, uh, okay, sleep well and do other things. Work as much as you can, work uh, two jobs, work eight, nine hours, but do other things. Uh, go out on weekends, go out with friends, with, with family, with uh, significant others. So the idea of doing other things as much as you can is as important as doing the actual work because it will come a time that you don't have that input anymore and you're just outputting. So I think that's the point where you are very dangerous, close, closely to, close to a burnout. And the one doesn't, doesn't want to experience that because yeah, uh, a, lo a lot of bad things can come with that. So I think for me, that helped a lot also with my career, but also being able for, for uh, more than almost 10 years now, being able to do th this job constantly, basically. Yeah, and I feel like that, that's uh, really a superpower that creatives have. Uh, as you said, like the, the, we can create the output uh, from the input that we get. A lot of people don't know how to actually express themselves, but we're able to, to do that. Uh, we just need to have the confidence that we can. Um, and, and that's what uh, I found really powerful uh, from your quote from your portfolio website. That really inspired me, actually, to... Uh, uh, to have oh. it on the podcast as well. So I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. That's always nice. Um, and I, I, you're doing a lot of things. As you said, you're, you're sharing your uh, UI shots on Dribble. Uh, you're doing stuff on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, on Splash, as I said. Um, you're sharing a lot of your creative journey. And uh, I wanted, uh, what advice would you give for creatives who are anxious to to share their work or share their uh, things that they want to output? Um, yeah, that's that's. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, I have uh, 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 pretty much with everyone that uh, even uh, even uh, that it could be a student or someone that I talk to. 
uh, one of the, the most important things, especially when you start your journey in design, is to share your work. Uh, and I encourage this uh, quite early. Uh, you might think that uh, you are not ready or your work sucks uh, compared to other, for example, Dribble can tend to have that can tend to have that effect because Dribble is a lot of fancy stuff. Uh, but uh, you never know. Uh, I mean, uh, one thing is that uh, starting sharing, you will give yourself a chance to, to share more and to work more. So it will incentivize you to work more. And the other thing is uh, uh, just sharing one shot today, one work tomorrow, uh, you will uh, see that, okay, after one year, 2021, uh, your portfolio kind of got a very nice shape. So that's the idea when you want to start find the job, uh, you, you need to have that portfolio there. And uh, Dribble is some uh, platform that I encourage uh, everyone, uh, especially my students, to start sharing as early as possible. Of course, it's okay. Down the road, you can delete this. It's okay that you're not uh, happy with this. It's not the great work you did, but it's your start. And then from this, uh, from this point, you will just get better and better. And down the road, you will see three shots, five shots, uh, 10 works and your portfolio will get this very nice shape, which represents you, your persona online. And then in addition to that, having either Instagram or having uh, Behance for more in-depth case studies, uh, that always helps. I also encourage a lot of people that write more. I don't do that a lot myself, as I told you. It's just, uh, I, I am not, I mean, I, I am very a uh, huge critic and I overthink things when I write. So it, for me, uh, it's better to share other work, it's visual, more visual, but still, uh, it, it doesn't have to stop you. If you can't write, share more visual work. If you can't share visual work, start writing. One way or another, you will reach some kind of audience, someone will see your work, even um, just finding you on the internet or by applying on jobs. So I think that's, that's very important. I mean, at the end of the day, no, I don't think any company or agency will consider you without a portfolio online. So that tells a lot the importance of uh, of your presence online as a creative so yeah do you uh, did you read the book uh, the artist's way by julia cameron uh no i heard about that but i didn't read that did you uh, i i read it and what i found really interesting is the the writing part that you are having troubles with uh, at the moment maybe that will help you she she's got something that's called uh, the morning pages and mm -hmm. she says uh, the first thing uh, you have to do in the morning can be in the morning but can also be later on uh, through the day um, mm -hmm. is just gra grab a, a notebook one that feels nice to write on and just write two to three pages um, per day actually and that's the, the that habit uh, thing that you're you're growing then and what happens mm -hmm. is you're i did that for a while and it's it's almost like it's meditation or something you're writing your thoughts down and it's it's no work that you're going to release but there might spark a few ideas like oh i can make a post out of this or oh i, I should contact yeah. uh, th this or that friend because that's been a while or um like all those weird things that pop up into your head because because you're just writing it down and th that's not that hard i i wrote down really quickly and it if you look at back you almost can't read it because i wrote it so fast because there were so many thoughts going through my head um, I really recommend trying that for a while and see if that works for, for anyone that's struggling with writing down. And it actually really helps for uh, just clearing your thoughts as well. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, I did something like that. Uh, just I have this year in review that I wrote about things, but yeah, I totally agree. Putting putting things on, putting thoughts on paper. Uh, I mean, either visually, we use sketches a lot as designers uh, just to, to just put bad ideas out there. Uh, it doesn't have to be, as you said, a great post or a post worthy of posting on, online. It's just something that you put your thoughts out there, and you you will give way to new thoughts and new ideas to come out. So, yeah, that's definitely something that I'm trying to be more conscious about uh, to start doing and deliber deliberately practicing on doing it. So, yeah. Nice, Thanks man. for sharing that, by the way. <laughs> I will. Uh, I, I kept a note about that book and I will probably read it. <laughs> nice. Nice. I hope it helps. Um, okay. So thank you for, for answering that. Um, I've got a few uh, rapid fire questions to uh, actually end the episode with. Uh, I did a, a few episodes and it was... Uh, I felt it was really enjoyable. Uh, just okay. uh, say the first thing that pops into your mind and we'll uh, uh, not go further on it. So just for mm -hmm. for a little bit of fun. Um, are you ready? Yeah, uh, okay. I guess as red as I'll ever be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first question is, uh, what is a game we should all check out? Cyberpunk 272. Uh... 1077 i guess but not for now just wait after bugs get fixed <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite car um my favorite car now is mercedes because i i have a mercedes uh i, I don't talk very much about it but i like it so yeah uh name an experience we should all do once in our lifetime um try to ski uh but while being careful. What is a saying you absolutely disagree with? Uh, there's no virus. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is going to be controversial. But yeah. <laughs> uh, what is the country that you want to visit when traveling is possible again? Um, Europe. Uh, we had uh, we planned to do a Euro trip. And we planned everything. The visa was there and it failed like very badly because of pandemic. So we're still keeping that in mind. Nice. Yeah, that, that was the last question. Um, okay. Uh, were you planning to visit the Netherlands as well? Yes, actually, the Netherlands as well. And uh, probably if I get there, I will, I will write you for a free drink. Uh, yeah, I promised that's... a lot of people, a lot of people, <laughs> hopefully I can keep up. <laughs> but I'm planning to, to do the trip with, with the car, so I think we'll have time and we'll be more flexible. Actually, uh, uh, road trips with car with my car are my favorite ones uh, because I just, you just get to enjoy every part of everything. We traveled a lot in Balkan with, with, with the car, just Croatia, Bulgaria, Romania, Transylvania, which is known for, for very nice castle and so on. And the, I wouldn't change the experience of going with the car, even though there are responsibilities and things that you have to consider with anything, because it's just you experience everything. It's like going like step by step. The, and the freedom, man. The freedom yeah. is something else. You, you'll never get that yes. when you uh, travel by plane. Yeah, exactly. And I agree. We actually plan to go to uh, America uh, in 2020 oh. for a road trip there uh so that's uh, unfortunately unfortunately uh, did not happen as well um yeah, we hope to go uh 2021 but we'll see about that all right uh, yeah but hopefully I, yeah i Fingers guess I have, to, 
I guess I have to structure it with uh, with your uh, visit. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I will let you know for sure before because we have to apply for visa, and I basically will know like three months before. So yeah, nice. Okay, um, I've got one more question for you. The last question. All right. And that's uh, what is a thing you like to explore more of? Um. Well, that's a very interesting question. Uh, so, I mean, if I'm talking uh, about career, uh, there are things, uh, um, uh, things that uh, kind of make me feel more uncomfortable, uh, either that being uh, doing uh, coding, understanding more code, the side of the code. I understand a lot, but diving more into that. Um, on the other side, in life is just uh, the idea of uh, talking with people outside of tech and and and, and and the design, so being able to um, just uh, experience different perspectives, uh, I think uh, something that is always in, in my mind and I like exploring more. Also, uh, the, uh, the idea of uh, traveling is that, so just you meet uh, these uh, interesting people and these interesting stories. So it's just, it, it makes, it, it, uh, it pushes you not to be biased about anything because we tend to have these biases and limit these bubbles that we think that okay our worldview is this and that's everything in the world there was one thing one student that shared with me that uh, kind of stuck with me is that he said that it's interesting because uh, uh, the world knows about america but america doesn't really know very much about the world and uh, that uh, made uh, that kind of got stuck in my mind because when you think about it if you talk with someone in, in, in uh, united states they hardly know about Europe a bit. And then if you get more into detail, I just get lost. So the, I, this, I, I don't want to have that. I want to be able to, to, uh, to just have this more broader perspective and uh, not live in a bubble and understand every uh, different cultures. I would uh, uh, actually, in that regard, I would recommend one of, my, one of the most important books uh, I read, I think in, in my, my, my life, it's Tactfulness. I'm not sure if you heard about that. I'm not sure, uh, it's Hans Ro Rosling, yes. Uh, actually, it, it's, uh, it, 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 it gives you a different perspective about the world, this idea of not, uh, uh, not how we see the world and how media treats the world and how we treat. So he talks from a more scientific and actual experiencing of the world. So it's it just, it changed the way I think about the world a lot. So yeah. That's that's kind of it because I think uh, the the answer was longer than uh, than I meant to. No, no, no. It's it's great, and I, I can feel like the the passion burning inside of you uh, about traveling, exploring, um, fi learning about new cultures, and as you said, like don't have a bias about something and always be inspired by it. And I feel like that that is exactly. your true core, and that's uh, also what I found on the internet. What you share, what you what you do, and uh, please keep doing that because that that will impact a lot of uh, lives, and it will impact your life for sure. The uh, I, I know that for sure. Thank you, thank you very much, man. That means a lot, and that's that's inspiring. Those words actually they are, are words that keep me going. Uh, I know. I mean, I am. I am. Uh, I am on the on that belief that even some people that you don't know can get inspired or can do some work because they saw something in you. So I, I believe in that because I was on the other side. I still am. I get inspired a lot by other people. So yes, uh, yeah. It was it was fascinating. Uh, I mean, just learning about you and uh, 
loved uh, conversing and having having this chat with you. Yeah, I, I wanted to end with um, every episode. We we have a question from the guest to the audience. Uh, do you have a question for the audience? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, a few questions, but I can just uh, narrow it down to one. So uh, how how um, how how do you like uh, to see yourself in? Uh, uh, would you would you be able to see yourself in a different career that you're doing now? That's something I ask myself quite a lot. I mean, I kind of saw in different careers, but also now that comes that comes a lot. So uh, it's something that I think helps just thinking about or uh, putting yourself into different industries or careers or jobs that maybe you could do better or maybe you would be happy or maybe. Uh, could help you do better design or whatever so yeah that's a good question actually i i've not thought about that because i as i said like you if you uh, go to some career path you all stick to that pattern somehow and it's yeah. really yes. hard to break yeah. out of that so that's a good, good question thank you for uh, for asking that um so we're at the end of the episode uh i i really want to thank you for uh for DMing me and uh, having this conversation because it was really inspiring and I think we'll have a lot of chats after this uh, and I hope it inspired some people as well and uh, so yeah thank you man yeah yeah thank you thank you very much uh, thank you for being very responsive and uh, for this great chat I loved it and hopefully uh, there are people that learn a thing or two uh, from our conversation and of course uh, uh, if if you have additional questions, now this to audience, just reach out. Uh, uh, definitely, we'll will get back uh, with with the best answer uh, we can possibly provide. So yeah, thank you very much again, uh, for your time. And I guess definitely we'll talk uh, again down the road. Where can people find you? Just to. Uh... Um, yeah, I mean around social media. So Twitter, basically my name, my surname, like. Uh, uh, I guess if, if you put those uh, social media in your podcast, uh, but other than that, yeah, like a normal dribble, uh, Twitter. Uh, I guess Twitter is, uh, I'm quite active. Yeah, on Splash as well, if they want to see some nice, interesting uh, images, uh, but yeah. Nice. Okay, well, we'll end it here. Um, thank you for listening, and Spretem, thank you for stopping by, and we'll see, uh, see you in another time. Yeah, thank you. This was fun. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this show. I hope it was enjoyable to you and you also got some valuable insights. It would mean the world to me if you could let me know what you thought about this episode. You can find me on Instagram at root.explore, R-U-U-D dot E-X-P-L-O-O-R, or on Twitter, root underscore explore. So let's have a chat and hopefully see you next time. Bye bye.